Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline is your basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with our host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow, and my brother Tasia Dash. Guys, big game, awful game Friday, but huge game, man, this weekend. Um, I, I, we're going to obviously dive into that and obviously what we're going to see this week, uh, but I Last week, we had an interesting question on the show. Was uh, Harden's game one performance his best performance, um, his best playoff performance ever? Um, but now I'm going to throw another one in there. Is uh, Harden's game four performance outshine his game one performance? You're asking a question? Yeah, I'm asking you guys, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's hard because, yeah, I mean, both game winners. Um I think it's tough. I mean, my thing is no. With with Joel not playing, I would say no in game. Yeah, and at Boston, yeah, I'd say no. Very close though. Very close. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like we had no Joel in the fourth and quarter in overtime. So you know, it's was, it was pretty close to that uh, as it is. Yeah. But um, I'd say a whole game without him. Um, I'd say another impressive part about Harden is that it came off two days rest. So the whole myth of Harden's only good only if he has a week off, well, that's debunked. Unless you think he didn't really show up game through two or three, then I guess he did have a week off then. Yeah. This is some are saying that uh, expect uh, expect him to have uh, similar to game two and game three tonight and uh, see what he does uh, <laughs> ne- next game. That's your you and your people, huh, Marcus? That's, that's, that's not my people. Those are just people on Twitter that uh... I, well, I I did put out a the game pattern right now is spectacular <laughs> followed by two clunkers. Spectacular. Oh, so, so by the pattern, I will put him in game seven to close it out. Huh? Yes, if we can get the seven, Harden's gonna have like thirty to forty-five points. I we just so. need someone else to step up in game five or six besides Embiid. Oh, well, Maxi and Tobias are both due, as we they say. They are definitely so. due. Yeah, maybe that's tonight. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I almost wanted to email you about making Tobias a topic because he's just completely different from the Brooklyn series. I don't know what what you know what's changed so much. Uh, guys, so this is sort of what we talked about in the preseason is kind of happening now. Yeah, you mean like just, just not, not enough touches and volume, just yeah. not enough. Yeah, and Maxie's not being as efficient this series, so he's having. Well, a I, mean, I, think, I, I think the thing that hurts Maxie, um, if you all want me to say it right now, is the lack of the way the game slows down in the the, the lack of transition possessions and transition mm-hmm. 
you know, opportunities. Um, that's where he was getting a lot of his points. Mm-hmm. That's a point of emphasis. That's why I've always told you guys, once you get into the playoffs and all of a sudden they start looking at what everybody does well and they start making it a point of emphasis, it's it's harder. It's harder to get those possessions. That's why you're having games where people, you know, scoring 80, 90 points in the playoffs. And, you know, not just necessarily our series, but, you know, all the series. Um, that is an issue. I love that play that we did, I think, in the fourth quarter or overtime, one of the two. It was kind of like a dribble handoff from uh, Harden to Maxi curling, and he was already in full speed. So by the time the defender tried to go with him, he was at full speed. The defender had to speed up, and he just couldn't. You can't get, you can't meet him at that at that corner there around the edge. So they had a layup. Yeah. I think more of that, more of motion action for him. He needs to, he needs to be running already when he has the ball in his hands. I mean, that's, but, it's, it's tough, and you know when you you had Joel's injury because because of his injury, they've really slowed down even more mm-hmm. when he plays. So that that could hurt a guy like. Yeah, Maxie. Maxie said, um, "Was it after Game Three's loss? I think so Saturday during the practice or during the film session? They said they had a pretty like pretty real conversation. Guys were saying some stuff um, to each other. I mean, how how much do you think that kind of impacted our Game Four uh, uh, win? Like the guys, everyone kind of like you know." Letting all air, airing all their grievances and the way people should be playing. I don't know what they talked about, but obviously they said Maxie said it got real during the film room with everybody. Well, man, I think it gets it, real. One this year, you have you brought in more veteran presence that aren't afraid to kind of call people out, Tucker um, aren't afraid to receive some things. Um, and I think the sense of urgency is higher than maybe it was, you know, years past. Maybe it shouldn't be, but I think, but I believe it is. Um, but having the more veteran presence, guys that's been there, won the championship and experienced runs in playoffs, um, and having, like I said, having a voice that's willing to say it, not just say it, you know, behind closed doors or in secret to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But say it to the group, um, that helps. Yeah. Didn't PJ come out and say he was a um, what social worker and, and whatever? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into that. Uh, that's a whole topic for us. We're we're, we're gonna get yeah. into that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's it's great to have a guy like PJ. Um, that you know say the things on the court as we saw with uh, we did with Embiid and obviously in behind closed doors too with everybody. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, with our first topic tonight, uh, so obviously I uh, talked about the uh, the loss Friday and then the uh, the dramatic win in overtime against the Celtics on sa- Sunday. Um, so so far we've seen two Boston blowouts, two close Sixer victories. Um, so my question is, what are some things you guys saw in Game Four that can kind of give us something as we go to the second half of this series that can some that can give us some some kind of optimism going into the uh, the next half of the series? What we saw in Game Four. <clears throat> I mean, I know I've said it before, but I would like to see Joel closer to the basket. I, I think he they're terrified when he does, and he does it consistently, and he does it with force. Um, you know, heck, they had a guy double him at the end of the game because, because of his mm-hmm. position. 
Um, so, so I would like to put them in more predicaments where they have to make decisions defensively. Um, maybe get some guys in foul trouble. I, I, I would like to see us continue to do that and continue to just attack the paint, paint touches, layups, kickouts, um, just keep attacking the, the paint because I think that they're like right now they're not playing Williams as much. Um, so getting to the rim or getting to the paint, I think it can help us in different ways, open up our offensive rebound opportunities, get them in foul trouble, um, attack the paint and scoring, getting layups, easier looks, um, and those kickouts for threes. And maybe that'll start clearing up some threes for, for, for some guys that's maybe not getting as many. Um, will Boston keep opting to double Embiid or will they go to maybe more single coverage since Al had success second half? Um, will we keep the same eight man short rotation or will we expand it a bit? Uh, cause yes. we've, we've gone, we've gone mostly like 10 for the most part, 10 deep. This one, we went eight. I, I would say it's eight. You may add a guy, um, on the road, um, but that guy could be like, <clears throat> you know, a timeout's coming in a couple minutes. You put him in just to kind of give a guy an extended break. He's not really a part of the rotation. He's just helping the guy get a longer break. Um, you, you'll see things like that. Um, but for the most part, it's it's going to be that those eight. And then, unless someone's in foul trouble or something like that. But I don't see that changing very much. I got into it with someone online because they were saying how um... – getting the Yang off the floor pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, he's shooting 50% the series. Like, yeah. unless he has a really off night, I don't think he's coming off the floor. He's shooting it and he has some size. Um, but, yeah, because you, you need – especially you need guys that, to create space. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to play. He, he's going to be in that rotation. Um, especially – it's – Especially being a big that can defend bigger guys and being able to clear space. So, yeah, that's not a guy that I anticipate, you know, not playing. And maybe, maybe my eyes deceived me. I actually didn't think he was that bad on the defensive side last game compared to previous ones. Like he wasn't getting abused as much, or I, I, I maybe I mean, he had no loud. He didn't have any loud plays. Yeah, I didn't see any like oh my gosh, get him off the floor type moments, right? Yeah. Um, now, if he's having like a, just one of those off nights and it's like, okay, well, then we have a, a disconnected Niang who's not shooting well playing subpar defense. Yeah, he, he, if he's not shooting, if he's not shooting well, if he go out and he's like 0 for 4 from 3, those, they'll cut his minutes. Yeah, then you'll go McDaniels, which I, I'd be okay with. That, that, that's fine for me. Um, um, and then the last one was uh, Harden splits. So. It's been game to game, aggressive and passive. Are we going to see James aggressive or passive tonight? So that's my other, that's my third question takeaway for rest of series, really. Well, but like you said, with the, the pattern of James, um, he might. I'm uh, hoping it's not that cut and dry. I'm hoping it's not like if if he had. I mean, I don't know what to say. If he if he keeps going with that pattern, that'd be insane. I I, I can't believe I would. I'd be shocked. He's got to break out of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it doesn't it doesn't have to be so drastic either. I also hope we don't have the mentality of, well, we're going back to Philly. 
in a couple of days. I mean, I, I really hope we don't have, I hope, you know, you know, they didn't, they didn't do that last time. They, they stuck with it, but you know, I mean, we, we, we lost the first game in Philly. So I, I hope they don't have that kind of thought process behind it. We lost the first yeah. game in Philly. Then we almost, we, we, we had to have a hardened buzzer beater in overtime to, uh, to win the, the second game in Philly. So and, I hope we don't have the, that. And a bad no call timeout to have them not make that <laughs> three pointer. So we got, we got really lucky. Like they, they really mishandled the end of that game. Mm. Yeah. Let's put it this way. If doc did that at the end of a game, Marcus and these people having fire. People would be calling for his people are calling for his name as it is, okay? Even with Tutu. He mm. would be like, man, people, we have limo drivers parked outside the stadium arena ready to take his ass to an airport. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, of the three, um, I guess, kind of gut-punching um, things we've seen, well, overall, I know we're not – we don't care about how the Celtics fans feel, but we've had three, like – Weird buzzer beaters in the whole in the last few years of the Celtic Sixers. You know, we had a couple months ago Embiid's full court shot that did not count. Um, we had the Bellinelli three where the, the confetti came down didn't count, oh, and then the Smarkus Smart uh, three that didn't didn't count. Um, well, it counted. It just wasn't a three. The Bellinelli one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the foot was on the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, um, it's a, a lot of weird buzzer beaters with, with the three. Obviously, yeah. I, I, I prefer this one because we won. <laughs> Yeah, finally. We finally benefited <laughs> off. Yeah, the bounce went in our favor for once. Um, okay, so uh, going to the next topic, Tasia, you mentioned a little bit about Embiid's second-half struggles. Um, so Embiid looked like he was fading a bit on Sunday in the second half of that game. Went 3 of 12 in the second half, uh, one, in, 1 for 2 in the in overtime. He also uh, made note in the presser that he just had no lift in the second half of the game. I don't know if that's, if you should, you know, attributing that to maybe uh, hold for blocking him twice, you know, to saying he had no lift in the second half of that game. Um, but with the, with the brace and kind of, you know, just kind of being winded, he had no lift. Uh, so my question to you guys is, uh, do you think this, um, his kind of down second half was more about his injury conditioning or about big Al putting the straps on him? Um, what do you, what do you guys uh, think about, uh, about that? I think it's a combination of all three. Um, Al does a good job on him. Um, he's strong enough to hold his hold his ground um, and play him without fouling most of the times um, with the late contests. Um, I, I I think that the best way for Joel to kind of hurt Al, Joel doesn't play that way. Just get him on the block, bounce, bounce, jump up. He can't block that. He can't contest that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, repost, throw it out, repost, post deep, jump hook. That, that's that's the difference. It's almost like the way Joel plays, especially later in game when he got a little winded or tired or um, or his knee was bothering them. The way he kind of played, kind of played into Al's hands. Yep. Um, so, is that? sort of him playing in Al's hands or is Al sort of making him kind of make that adjustment? So that's why mm-hmm. I think it's a combination. Like you have to get Al credit for pushing him off of his spots, making it a little tougher. I, I, I personally think you have to try to get deep catches and straight jump hooking because he can't, he can't affect that. Most of those good out play defenses were uh, Embiid faced up around the foul line. Yes. 
I don't think I don't know if any of those were backing up. I think they were yeah. all face up, I like you know, quick, 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 he's fighting you for that. You get he's he he's such a solid defender that when you do, and that is Joel's sweet spot, but when you get to that spot, he's playing angles, he's taking away positioning, he, he's making Joel respond to him more so than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a guy that's affecting the ball handler, affecting the guy that's trying to score. Um, we don't see Joel getting that ball and just pump fake jab, getting getting high, going around and getting a foul, going yeah. around. Everyone's it like you don't see where Joel kind of has him off balance. You don't see that. Yeah. Um, so he has no lift because of his knee. But it did look like he was a lot more comfortable with the injury slash brace yeah, than the game. He looked better though. So that was really That's encouraging. I would lean more towards, you know, little conditioning and wearing down and Al. Yeah. I would yeah. say it's more conditioning than Al more than the knee. Yeah. So I had First. yeah. I have like a a, a 45, 45 injury conditioning, and then the other 10% for me is Al. Um with injury, I also put brace because he fell over just like flat on his face one time. And there was nothing even happening. He just, he's having a, he's still having a really kind of rough time with the getting used to it, but I, I it's, it's improving. That's my biggest thing was, Oh man, like I wanted to see improvement from uh three to four. So as long as he's improving, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause if you take where he was three to four, if you take that, take, make those same strides from four to five, I, I'm, I'm really happy. I think he'll look even better tonight then and going forward for game six, he should be even better. Hopefully. Right. Once he has any kind of tweak in the game. Um, he also played 46 minutes in an overtime game and we were talking about minutes restrictions at one point. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, is he wearing down after pretty much not playing for two weeks? Yeah, and then I mean, I, I, mean I, 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 I wouldn't be opposed to um, re getting more minutes. Yeah. Cause we only had eight, I think. He was it was ten, and he was part of that eight man rotation. <laughs> yes, and then one of your guys didn't even play double digit minutes. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think if Maxi or Toby can step up, I think it'll take less because it was it was a two man game pretty much all game uh, on on game four. Like it was 70, them seventy six points. Yeah, yeah, it was them versus the other team. Uh, I mean, like there, there's got to be someone else to alleviate pressure from both. Uh, Harden and and uh, Embiid. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, we're talking about you. Yeah, hopefully, there's a progression with Embiid. I mean, he said after the game, I think there's a, there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think he's also kind of pissed that Warford did block him twice. But he said that he he sucked, and he said he needs to be a lot better. And he said he will be better tonight. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully he just dominates tonight. I mean, obviously, and if if, if he dominates, he's a little harder. Be yeah. a little harder on himself. I don't think he sucked that. Yes, I don't think he sucked in the game. He had a rough second half. I'll, yeah. I'll say that he finished poorly. So I guess that's what that, that was. What was fresh on his mind in that press conference after well, that hey, game. Good. I'm glad he feels that way though. I'm. I, I like that. That's his mentality. I just. I. I think personally, he's being a little, a little hard on himself. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and he it was crashing the boards too though. That that, that was yeah. like uh. One thing I've noticed since he's come back from his injury, it looks like he's crashing the boards more than he does during the regular season. Yeah, Eric, have you noticed it. that? We need it. Yeah, I mean, I see no more act- activity, but I think the way the game's the game is being played, and that's why I said when it, when it's slowing down, those possessions are shorter and smaller. Um, but you also 
have more activity as far as possessions and guys, other guys driving or playing off of them, having mitch matches, they switching some. So now all of a sudden you 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 want to kind of punish them for having a small guy on you. Sometimes um, the offensive rebounds is, is the best way to do that. Yeah. It was his first game without a block in the playoffs, which I found interesting considering it was almost a 50-minute game for him. Yeah, but they weren't really attacking. They weren't really trying him as much um, the last game as they did before. They were yeah. shooting that ball. It was a point of emphasis because they were shooting that ball or shooting mid-range shots or shooting floaters or passing it out before they ever got to him. Yeah, it's true. They did try to test him more in that first game to see what, where, how quick. And he was getting to that ball quick. So, like, you know what? He had four blocks in that game, right? Yeah, he had four blocks in in the uh, previous game, five in the previous one. So he's they know how to test. So I'm glad. I'm glad they think that. Yeah, and I I took the uh, the bet for uh, Embiid to have two blocks on a uh, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, didn't work Sorry. out for me, but it didn't matter anyway because Tobias didn't have over twelve and a half points. So I mean, uh, averaging like three, so it's not a bad bet. No, it's not. Um, so you, you guys mentioned offensive rebounds and a big contributing factor to that is our guy, PJ Tucker. And that's, we're going to get here now with our next topic. So, uh, one of the biggest plays of the game was PJ Tucker's, um, grabbing offensive rebound at the, uh, again, the, and one that kind of, that brought us back into the game, uh, kept us alive really. Uh, but in the middle of all that, uh, he got to Embiid and kind of yelled at him. Um, pretty much, I think it was a way to uh, rejuvenate him, but I think he said after the game was more about like when you, when you were like aggressive down low, no one can guard you. I know from experience that nobody can guard him. And I wanted him to, to know that and kind of get that, you know, get that back. Because um, we needed him at the end of the game. Um, but there's a quote that I saw on Twitter that's been floating around um, from P.J. Tucker. Quote, that's why I don't get paid enough. People don't understand that I'm a social worker and an NBA role player. It's an amazing quote um, and just tells you so much about everything we've talked about, you know, having the meeting Saturday, getting real with each other and talking to MB, the Paul Reed thing the other the other day. Uh, but what do you guys think? Do you guys think uh, PJ Tucker is uh, underappreciated? Well, it depends on who, who's, who you're speaking with. I mean, some of the average fans would say no. Um, people that have been in the locker room will say yes. Um, because you can tell the difference between last year and this year in this team. It's, Absolutely. it's very evident. Um, we've had some games this year that we would have lost last year. Um, so it's, it's a difference. <clears throat> it's um, the, the value of a guy Sometimes it's put in, into statistics only, um, but a leadership, a locker room presence, being able to speak and motivate teammates. Um, Coach Brown used to always tell me um, the best way to get to players or the best way to motivate them or for guys to understand is for them to hear it from their teammates. Um, because most teammates don't want to disappoint their teammates. Most of them don't, uh, if not all. But if you have a guy that can, that's able to be the coach on the court, talk to him on the bench, in the locker room, 
be able to motivate them and understand personalities and understand that it's, you can't speak to everyone the same way. Um, there is there is an extremely high amount of gratitude for something like that, and it does help you win. I know that from experience. Um, I was just basically on being the guard of the team, <clears throat> um, but I do know that my responsibilities, the things that I did for that team, and my teams that I played for, um, things that you have to. Like he said, social worker. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't necessarily use social worker. Um, um, sometimes it could be counselor. <laughs> you know okay. what I'm saying? Um, you, you could be a social worker. You could be a friend. You could be a teammate. Um, however you want to say it, because you deal with situations that no one understands and no one really knows. If if a guy wasn't, if a guy's not playing well, if a guy's not playing, um, that I felt that responsibility fell on me to help him, help the team handle that, get through it. Um, guys have disagreements. Guy have a disagreement with a coach. Guy have a disagreement with assistant coach. Guys being late. Guys showing up, messing around in practice. Guys aren't paying attention to adjustments that are being made. In the huddle, guy, you're in the huddle, and guys aren't paying attention. Every time you break the huddle, a guy don't know what he's doing. and you, have, you, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things that go on during the game. And I just gave you a few examples of handling that and, handling, and how handling that matters. And if you have a guy that's able to do that, Majority of the time, trust me, you're playing on the winning team. And you had a guy that didn't know we were talking about practice, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> but that guy was going to give you 40 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you never had to tell that guy to play hard in the game. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So <laughs> I had to. Practice stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, I know Eric hates when I count players money, but let's dive into that real fast for a second. Um, <laughs> so to be underappreciated or underpaid. Well, first of all, I did find it funny. Someone talked about this on that thread on Twitter, like social worker is an underpaid position. So it does kind of make sense. You are an underpaid <laughs> social worker on an NBA team. Um, I looked at just similar guys making around the same just to just to comp because i mean that's really where you can see where you fall on that spectrum right so um within a two three million up and down robert williams dwight powell rashawn holmes terrence ross Devonte graham mo bamba deandre jordan uh bobby portis favors tht crowder bullock alec burks larry nance shamit malik monk noel um, Sarich, Royce O'Neal, Monte Morris, Plumley, Caruso, Cleaver. Uh, pretty comparable. You have guys like Finney Smith, Hart, Gary Harris, Pat Bev, McDermott, Kennard making about four more. I'd say he's pretty in line as far as where he is. I mean, I'd, I'd prefer him over most of those guys I named. There's a few crazy bargains like Robert Williams. Let's see if his minutes go up, but 
Bobby Portis is a Robert great Williams team. Also on his, Robert Williams is also on his rookie deal. I thought is he though? I, th- I thought he extended. He's because I saw his next 12, 13, 14 for the next like three years. That must have been a an extension. I mean, right? He's a younger guy if he's not on this rookie deal. He's yeah, he's on his first rookie extension, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. He'll if he if his minutes keep going up, he'll he'll yeah, be looking. I mean, he's he's going to make he'll a lot more. Than that. Yeah, <laughs> no, he'll be he'll be looking to get that. A few of these guys in general, are, I think. Well, but um, but yeah, I think he. It's right in that line, right? I think he anywhere from I think he makes like ten something anywhere from ten to fourteen. I think would be good for him. Um, people like the dog tuck, Tucker online. I, I saw some uh, negative comments. It's the it's the it's the like you said. Some people would say underappreciate. Some people wouldn't. So uh, some of the worst things I saw that he, he he you're paying a guy not to score points. He gets paid to do cardio. Um, he wants money just to be a good friend to people. I think I saw someone call him a glorified Peloton instructor, which I think that was funny. It's a stupid comment, but it's funny. And then they called him, uh, someone called him Udonis Haslam, but with playing time. Um, <laughs> that's all. Uh, bottom line is, I mean, that's those are all funny, but they don't have any substance. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's just you understand it, but like it's no substance because you're not saying what you, you're saying. This, oh, that's that's. I mean, like I said, they're funny. Yeah. yeah, but it's no substance. Like, what's behind? Okay, you say he's glorified this, but why? You know, what people I'm that are obsessed with quantifiable numbers. That yes. that's the bottom line. Yeah, it's just like, want to put you, just, you just have a funny comment, but yeah. you're not giving substance of, of course, of, to to dispute what he's saying. Mm-hmm. That is social media in a nutshell, right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what you just described. He's right. You're funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I know where you're getting at, but it depends it, on like you know. I yeah. do like the funny stuff. It is funny and hilarious, but that won't make it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the bottom line is, PJ had a huge hand in eliminating us last year, and it also is a huge reason why we're two and two right now. So I can say with a hundred percent confidence that we wouldn't have not, we would not have won Game Four without him, simply for that and one rebound. I mean that was. That was, I think, with a minute left, he tied the game up. I mean, we would have been down by three with a minute left. I mean, I, I, you talk about people with, like you can always, and you know, Tasia knows this. You know, like you can always say someone's under or overpaid. Yeah. If you don't understand their value, and most yeah. people don't understand the value of guys. Um, I mean, heck, you get you ask some people. They'll say Joel is overpaid, mm-hmm. like, but they don't understand the the context of of a salary cap and how much money is actually being made by these NBA teams. Mm-hmm. And it's when it's a maximum on the salary cap, it's also a minimum that the team has to spend. So they have to spend a minimum amount of money. And, and but the top best players are maxed out, so the money has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's just it's a heck of a business. <laughs> it's doing it's doing well. So to say that's why I that's why I've always, you know, like you gotta understand, like got overpaid, underpaid, like the money's going to someone. Yeah. And it and it's not, you know, soccer where you can go and pay a guy whatever you want to pay him because you he's the best. That's what a salary cap prevents you from doing. Yeah. So once that guy's capped out, you have to move on to the rest of the players. And 
balance out that money to be able to stay above the minimum amount of money that goes out. And most people were worried about year three of Tucker, but I just think, and I said this when we signed him, I don't see his play, to, his style of play shouldn't decline. He can do it. He, he can do it for yeah. what he's doing. Um, he's not blowing by people with the but ball. His, his, oh. But his age is also why you probably couldn't commit more salary. Yes, because exactly. That's really why he might think he's underpaid, under uh, underpaid, because th- that's well, I that's, think that's why he got what he hit, got because of his age. If he yeah. was oh, if he was younger, he would have never. Oh man! Oh he man! Got he was five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about the mid level. He would have gotten like a legit contract by now. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's on our team and not against us, man. That's I, I, I if you can you can say that about someone, then they're worth it. Yep. There's a reason why MB said him specifically after he got yeah. eliminated by Miami last year. I yeah. want a guy like PJ Tucker. <laughs> yeah, and there's a reason why they went right out and did it. And there's a reason why Harden sacrificed some salary to be able to squeeze him in. Like there's a there's an importance there. You know, he, he mm-hmm. he's a he's a rock, and what he does, he does well, and he does consistent. Um, and you can count on him, and he's dependable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a quick thing here that we, we didn't get to talk about. Um, I just wanted to, to throw back to uh, game four. Um, at the end of the game, uh, John Howe coming on the court, Harden kind of, you know, inviting him to the game um, and, you know, signing his shoes to him. Uh, the MSU, for people who don't know, is the MSU student who was shot during the um, the on-campus shootings a couple months back. Uh, kid was a big uh, Harden fan. Uh, Harden called him from the hospital, and then they've kind of developed this relationship over time to let him come to the game. Um, and I, I believe he's inviting him to game six as well. He says that he's yeah, a good luck charm. Good. Um, I thought that was just awesome. It just shows you how, yeah. you know, we talk about basketball in here, but it really is more. I mean, it's sports always, is so much more. Than always that. more to it. Um, but that was a great moment. You know, that's, um, you know, obviously I went to Michigan State, but I have a son that attends Michigan State, you know. So, like, you know, even he was touched by that, that, that moment because of the gratitude and how how much it's affected that campus. So for him, he understands that and 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 very appreciative that you know that happened, even though he wasn't even personally involved, but you you, you understand um that that young man will, you know, is paralyzed. Yeah. A senseless act. So it, it, it was tough and that's difficult to kind of, you know, see, but Anything that can help him feel better right now is definitely terrific, and, and and thankful James was able to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, genuine too. I feel from Harden, it wasn't just like a photo op where he got good press yeah. from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's been talking to this dude for months, like yeah. keeping up with him for months, and that's you know that just shows. Uh, I've been exposed to Harden through like the primetime games and the, and the playoff games. And, and, you know, whenever they're on TV with, they were on TV with Houston, but seeing them on, you know, my favorite team, you get a lot more exposure to the man and not just the highlights and player. And and Harden's a good dude. He is. Yeah. Yeah. You can see how, how touched uh, John Howe was. I think he was, he was fighting back tears. I, I, I got teared up watching at the end of the game and, I'm not really that that emotional of a guy, but yeah, that guy that kind of got to me a little bit. Um, all right, so we're gonna get to predictions now. Um, so 
on top of the predictions of the point spreads, I threw in some other uh, over-unders for you guys to uh, mull over and uh, predict for us so I can uh, make my betting ticket and whoever's watching and listening to this can make their <laughs> with our with our advice on this. <laughs> um, so uh, first, we're going to go with the game five prediction. So the Sixers are a seven and a half point underdog at Boston tonight. Um, so first, we're going to start with the, the picks, the game picks. So what do you guys have straight up and with the spread? See, it's it's unfair because are we picking to pick the game? Are we picking based on picking, you know, like because I picked us to win in six. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I still holding to that? I I don't know. You tell us. I'm asking. I I think that was the that was before any games were played. Now the games were played. I think now, based on the way the way things are going, you can go however you want to go. Okay, I see where I know how Eric's going to answer this now. <laughs> I don't think we win, but I do think we cover. Okay. Uh, are we doing oh, game yeah. six too? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll one get to that after that. Yeah. Boston wins, we cover, but I think that cover is going to be a little scary. I think it's going to be tight. Man, I know. There you go. I think I'm going to go straight up tonight. Sixers. I'm sticking with Eric's six games. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. It'll be great. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, won't be the first time I've been wrong in this series. So, yeah, I was on game. I, I was on yeah, game three. Right. I was told I was, I was, I was the other way around. Yeah. We called you negative. I know. Sure I know. Hey, I, I, I wish I was wrong too, but. <laughs> Okay, so uh, for the other prediction, so uh, in eight playoff games so far, James Harden has four games with eighteen uh, with at least eighteen points or less, uh, and then he also has four games above twenty points. So, which one will Game Five be? Will it be over or under twenty points tonight for James Harden? Game Five. Yep, for Game Five. Over twenty. Do you know his actual over under? I'm just curious. Um, the official one. Let's see here. Um, I bet you. I bet you. I'm going to guess it's 21 and a half. Okay. Uh, his over under for tonight. So I'm going to player props here. Player points. Uh, what did you say? What, what was your guess? 21 and a half. It's 21 and a half. Yeah. Ah. Um. I'm going to go Ray at the line. I'm going to go 20. So I think he'll go under 21 and a half. Damn. Well, the question was over under 20. So it was over 20. That was oh, over under. God, can yeah, I, can 20. I um, over under 20. I like to push it. If I have to choose one or the other, I'll go under. Man, you think we're going to lose tonight, don't you? Like big time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it's supposed to be close. <laughs> I think oh. he'll have my, my guess for his stats are 20 and 11. I think he has his, um, uh, I think he has more assists tonight. All right. Um, so the last one for game five um, questions here. Uh, who will have more points tonight, uh, Malcolm Brogdon or uh, Ty- uh, Tyrese Maxey? Maxey. Brogdon's been better this series, but I think Maxey outscores him tonight. Sorry, Eric. Go ahead. No, he's due. I just I think Brogdon still be effective, but I don't think mm-hmm. Maxey. Um, I think Maxey has just more volume. Has it, you know, makes it happen from that perspective? I think I just think he's more aggressive, and I think Brogdon is 
capable, but but I but he just he's stuck behind perimeter players that you just never know how many touches he's going to get. Yeah. Brogan's had a trigger finger though, man. He he he's let him go, yeah. and every time he shoots, I get scared. Hopefully, we can adjust on that. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I think all those guys, Smart, Brogdon, all those guys have been letting us up but so far this series. Dude. Well, they're it's wide just, open almost every time. Just let it yeah, go. It's, it's true. Uh, based on the betting uh, for the uh, total or for, uh, over under points for both those guys, Brogdon's over under is 14 and a half points tonight, and Maxi's is 18, 18 and a half points. Yep, 18 and a half. I knew it. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it looks like Vegas thinks that Maxi will have more points than Brogdon. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna need it. Um, okay, so uh, he's shooting more than him. He's just not being efficient. Yeah, his his, his uh, him driving the hoop. I feel like he's getting he's not getting rim stuff, but he's going up there and it's just like they're they're quick misses, man. It's just kind of deflating misses. He's he'll get it done. Yeah, some of it's he's bad gonna, luck. A lot done. of those went he's in the regular season. Yeah, a lot of those went in in the regular season. They're really close. Yeah. They're they're backboard and rimming out a little bit. Mm. And he's and the one thing that he has to change is um, that I've kind of sensed more than he definitely was during the season. He's getting a little whiny, complaining to the referees a little bit. He doesn't get called, poor guy. Well, you got to correct that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get calls at all. Hey, real fast before you move on to game six. Did you agree with the – did you think the Tatum on Maxi was a push-off? I thought it could have been called a push-off, yes. I mean, he, he did extend his arm. He just – he extended his arm out, but he did he did like this, but he didn't, you know, like straighten it out. I, I, I thought it was, it was like a rule. baseball swing. Like not yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a rule, but like you – he kept it bent is basically what I'm saying. But he yeah. did extend it, which, which to me went outside of – a normal basketball play. Yes, his arm went a went to a, a higher he degree. Didn't, he didn't extend his arm bar. He didn't extend his arm bar. It was straight, but it was like that, you know. But it was still away from his body. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't understand the explanation. To me, it was a push off. It was over I, ninety I, degrees. Let's put it that way. He went like one hundred and twenty on that, like that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. I thought it should have been called. I, it's, it's one thing for them to miss the call. It's another thing for them to come out and explain that it was not a missed call. I'm like, I thought that was really weird. Do, do, some people said he should have sold it. He should have fallen to the floor. Do, do you think he should have or no? Do you think would have helped sell the uh, – Well, I uh, think him flopping is, I think, is the reason why he didn't get it. Um, because it was it was sort of a flop and it was sort of a late flop. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't – he hit you and then boom, you're 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 right on the head. He hit him and then he kind of went backwards and then he kind of went backwards some more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it kind of looked like a flop. That's why I think Tatum sort of got bailed out. Did you think Marcus Smart and Embiid was do you think that was offensive or defensive? The one where Embiid sidestepped and, and Smart came in pretty late. Yes, you know, you know what I'm. Yeah, thinking. I mean, I think, I think, I think in that particular case, based on the rules, it it it's a charge because Joel had not gone up into his shot yet. So you have a time, you have a chance to get your feet set as long as he hasn't went to lift off. 
So if on that particular play, if he's out of the circle, then that's a that's a clean charge. Based on the rules that that's that's that are in place, it's a charge. Um, based on calling it with the with the naked eye, when it happens, it looks like a block. But My buddy who's a Boston fan, replaying the rules, replaying the rules, it's a charge every time. Is what I'm saying. But if we're just going by the naked eye, like I said, that is giving me the block. My buddy who's a Boston fan thought it was going to be a block because his left foot is still sliding. Does that not matter? They didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have your feet firmly into the ground. So Some people think you do. You just have to be sort of positioned in the basketball position because it's just like if you're playing defense and you're taking a charge, you take it in your chest. You don't have to have both of your feet still you understand what i'm saying like you can yeah. still be moving as long as they feel that you're in the basketball position plus like his right foot was stationary and already in place his left foot was just yeah so his body yeah, so was still that's considered a basketball position if you take it in the chest a lot of people think if anything's moving no you know you, you can have some you don't have to have you don't have to be planted to take a charge like that okay yeah that's a common misconception for people for sure I thought since MB kind of stepped to the left, he didn't really go into him. He kind of, kind of tried, actually. Like, I, that's why I thought. And that was, I think. But he still kind of took it in the chest, though. Well, yeah. Even though Joel sold it, that's what I'm saying. So even though Joel moved to the side. But see, Marcus Smart has this thing where he gets into people's space. And then mm -hmm. when they move, they hit him. And then he's like, oh, God, you have my face. Like, dude. Stop diving into people's legs. Stop diving like that one I mean, place it's, where it's, it's technically you got to look at everyone is is like they have like a circle no problem. Them. Yes, and that's sort of their space. Um, he sort of has the same situation where he can where he's doing it. He sort of has a bubble around him. So if you impede that, it's the rules are supposed to be applied to him the same way it is an offensive player. Supposedly. I agree, yeah. There was one where Doris Burke called out where MB got the ball. I think it was MB. He got the ball, and he turned around, and, and, and Smart was so close to him that he was, like, angled back because his feet were, like, in front of Joe. So Joel was, like, turned around like this, and there'd be no way to – you have to – don't you have to let a player revolve and move freely in their own space? No. Because they they've established a pivot, right? And At was, that point, I don't I don't think he did even. He established positioning. Yeah, he just got the ball and turned, and then and that's what I'm saying. So he just got the ball. It's not like he's moving where you have to give him a chance to turn around and go. He catches the ball. He's established positioning. You can be as close as you want as long as you're not following. You, you don't have to give him the ball. But where where does his bubble go if you're if you're almost underneath him? You can I be as close to him as possible, and you can even have contact to him as long as you're you can have contact on him like this as long as your hands you showing your hands you can be touching him with your body like that. That makes the whole bubble. Okay, the, the, most of the issues when when people are standing still is hands arms, but you can actually put your you know body to body. You can actually that's permitted. It's just when he goes to make a move, you have to release mm. or file. But if he's just catching and turning, you don't have, you don't have to do anything. 
that was also Doc's fault, a problem too. And it was my problem as well. Like I can see why that wasn't called as a push off, but they were calling very ticky tack fouls at that point. So if you're going to call ticky tack, keep calling ticky tack. If you're going to call loose, keep calling loose. My point is just consistency, whether it's tight. Yeah, or I mean, that's, and that's, and that's the, that's the hard part about refereeing is what's consistent for one crew may not be consistent for the next. But even in game, though, right? Well, in game, what's consistent for the referee that's looking that particular time, and that's his call, may not be consistent for the other referee. Mm. Because yeah. if a referee sees it and that's not his call, like, and that's the one thing I learned about refereeing, like, they got three people and they're not all looking at the same thing. So what one may deem sort of aggressive, the other one may not. Yeah, it's hard, man. Certainly hard. All right, we're going to go to our final prediction. Um, so let's say Boston wins game five. What happens in Philly on Thursday night? Um, and if the Sixers win in game five, do you think they'll close out the series in Philadelphia or does it push to a game seven? We're winning game six. Um, if we win game five, you'll have a close game six. Um, under 10. If we lose game five, we'll have a, a win over 10. I think we're going to game seven either way. We're going to game seven. Oh, there we go. I think <laughs> I think if we lose tonight, I think it'll be um, <laughs> we're going to game seven either way. So I think um, uh, with Boston uh, winning game we, five. People will be saying we negative on, on these um, – um, is that so negative? Why is that negative? Do we, do we get comments about us being negative, Mark? He gets comments about being negative. Um, sometimes people are like, oh, come on, Tasia. You can call, call, say it's a win. Like, what? why? Like, what? Come on. Like, be honest. Um, I, see, I understand what they're talking about. Go ahead, Tasia. I'm sorry. <laughs> so do I. That's okay. Uh, with Boston winning game five, I think Sixers win at Philly Thursday night. Um, I think it'll be a close match, though. Um, I, but if Sixers win game five, they will not close it out. Um, Boston will win at Philly by like five to seven points. Um, so, so you saying we won't close it out in game at, in Philly? No, I don't think so. We ain't trying to I think they come. I think they come right back and beat us. No way we can win game five and let that go back to Boston. It's no way. I mean, I no. Yeah, I, no, I don't want no to. No way we can let that happen. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm no just way. saying like, from a perspective, like there's no way we can let that, like if we get to that we point. Will, we, we will have taken two – if we win tonight, we'll have taken two games at Boston. They would have already you're taken one. To take, and you're saying we're going to have to take three to win the series. I think that's what it came down to in the Miami-Boston series last year. Oh, man. Okay. Why, why don't you think we can win in Philadelphia? I mean, what, what's – if we win, if we win tonight, if we win tonight, why why can't why don't you think us why don't you think we can win in Philadelphia? I just think they're going to come back hard and tie the game up, to tie the series up. You 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 wouldn't have the mindset like let's say we win tonight, like you wouldn't have the mindset that man. Of course we must they have the like, mindset. They don't want to go no, back. No, to- no, but I'm asking you. Let's say we win tonight, and this is on the okay. this is on the heels of coming off the the dramatic win that we had the other the other day. Uh-huh. When you say like man, I think this Boston team just died. I think that that overtime win took a lot out of them. That overtime loss took a lot out of them. They lost at home. They're probably going to be done in Philadelphia. 
kind of thing. These teams are so – this is a very weird series, first of all. There's been a lot of blowouts, close games. Um, we've had such Jekyll and Hyde wins for us, like Harden's whole thing, and Embiid's game to game with his injury. Um, I just think it's a really wild card series to the point where there's not a lot of logic here. I, I think it will come down to the more desperate feeling team. I think if Boston goes down three, two, and it's at Philly, I think they'll just be more desperate. I think Boston's a very, very talented team. They've had this core together a lot longer than us. And I think that with their backs against the wall down by a game, I think they'll, they've already won at Philly. It's not like it's insurmountable. Um, then they win like didn't they win two regular season games at Philly two this year or one? They sweep. Okay, so like no, you know, they won. No, they won. They won both at Bo- that last they won, amazing. They won, NBA they won one in Philadelphia. They that was won one, one in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's two games they won at Philly this year. It's not crazy for them, right? Um, so yeah, I just, I just think that, I, I think it's going seven. I think it's going seven no matter what at this point. Yeah. Well. Well, hopefully we win uh, tonight, and hopefully we close it out in Philadelphia. I, hey, I hope so. Please let me be wrong here. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, it does it for us. Uh, remember, Tage is the negative one, not me and Eric. Eric and I are <laughs> we're the we're the, op- we're the optimistic uh, good ones, not not you, dude. <laughs> yeah, he don't even care either. He does. He likes it. He's a, he's a bad guy in wrestling. That's what he is. <laughs> he's, I know you will. And based, on, <laughs> based on what you had with Harden's points total tonight, I don't, I don't even want to say Hey, hey was I on that or what, though? Come on. twenty. I had him and Maxie's points on the dot. Yeah. You're, you're setting the lines pretty well. What can I say? I mean, look <laughs> at him. FYI. All right. There you go. More patting yourself on the back, man. Look at, the, look at this guy. Here's what I have to deal with. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. We'll see you guys uh, Friday as we talk about the game five and also game six. Um, And then hopefully preparing, hopefully not preparing for game seven, but worst case, preparing for game seven. Now, you want to hear negative. The next time we meet, we might have been eliminated. That's negative, okay? That's negative. That's a bad thought. (laughs) Now, that is negative. But that's yeah. a reality. Yeah, we weren't even going there, buddy. But okay, we got yeah. you. But that 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 is a, that is a possibility. Well, I was saying, I was saying, worst case was negative is negative for you to even bring it up. Yeah, because we weren't thinking about it. Yeah, I, I was saying our worst case was possibly going to game seven. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. And that was my example. You want a negative example? That is negative. All right. Well, that, that that's that's going to do it for us. We're, yeah. we're, we have to end the note on on a negative note, Tage. Yes. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.